The Winding Stairs, Episode 3, A Solid Foundation. You have arrived at The Winding Stairs, a program dedicated to Masonic education and the art of self-improvement. I am your host, Juan Sepulveda, a professional artist and master mason, 32nd degree of the ancient and accepted Scottish Rite in Freemasonry. Thank you for joining me once again for another episode of The Winding Stairs. I really thank you for taking the time to join me in this journey up the winding stairs. Hopefully you can learn something and you can help me and accompany me in the process of learning something myself. I want to start things off by giving you an idea of what you what can what can you expect of today's episode. First, we will have a an update on episode 2 which was about Masonic education. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I invite you to listen to it. You can find it at thewindingstairs.com forward slash 002. Also, we will be talking about our, our main topic, which is a solid foundation. What's necessary for a man or mason to have as a foundation in order to grow strong? I'll give some examples of... Uh, what I have found regarding having a solid foundation. I will also discuss how to become a Mason. Uh, if you're listening to this, you might be a Mason already. Um, and if so, just share this with any brother that, uh, uh, not any brother, but any candidate that is interested in, in joining our fraternity. So hopefully we can provide enough guidance for them to make a decision of whether to petition to the order or not. Hopefully you find some of these topics interesting and you stick around uh, to the end. I want to take a moment to thank those of you who have listened to the program and participated in the conversation that continues on online at facebook.com forward slash Masonic Fundraiser. And there are a few uh, brothers that are very consistent with their participation and, and definitely add value to, to the dialogue. Among them, uh, Brother Eric Hoven, Don Evans, Worshipful J.R. Suarez, and Victor Rosario. Victor is my best friend, my compadre. He is, as we say, my brother from another mother. This is my longest standing friend, and he is definitely a, a great support. But he answered to a question. He added his, his little contribution, and the question was, when do you take time to read or further your education? And his answer was that it is the first thing he does once he gets to work. He's not taking time from work to study. He gets there early and spends time reading at least 30 minutes before starting the day. The reason I ask the question is because I am constantly monitoring what I do and when I do things and trying to find more efficient ways of doing things. And his response, his response was very good because education, we need to consider it as one of the most important things we do in a day. And just like we assign priorities to 
to different things throughout our workday or throughout our week, our month, our year, this needs to take priority. It kind of sets the tone for the rest of the day. So if if we read in the morning, uh, some of you might have a chance to wake up extra early in the morning and have a moment of complete peace and silence, just you and your reading material. Or some of you might find peace like he does that those first few minutes when you get to work. It's a moment of solitude, an uninterrupted study time. Even if you do 30 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, whatever you can fit into your day, but do it first. I think it's very wise to start your day with inspiration and motivation, and that should help you tackle the rest of the day in a more efficient kind of way. If you have any suggestions on how we can incorporate a study system, let us know. Add your comments to to the blog post or join us on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at WindingStairs33. You can also post your comments uh, by sending us a tweet. So if you think about it, starting your day in this manner is almost similar. It's, it's almost symbolic of today's topic, a solid foundation. This is the very foundation of your day. This is the foundation upon which you will build the rest of your day. Now, I recently uh, added a post on on the blog, and it was about also a solid foundation. And it delved in the subject matter of a specific architectural blunder, which was what happened centuries ago. And the blunder still remains. And most of you are probably familiar with what I'm going to talk about. And it is the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Uh, I am fortunate that I've had an opportunity to, to visit it. Unfortunately, I couldn't go inside it because they were doing some maintenance uh, the day that I went. But it is an impressive sight to behold. It is very impressive how such a beautiful structure ha- it came so close to not being available to future generations because it was not prepared correctly. I'm not an architectural expert. However, it is very clear in my mind that in order for a building to remain upright and to be able to sustain the effects of the elements and the effects of time, it needs to be resting upon a solid foundation. Well, what happened with the Leaning Tower of Pisa? What happened is that the ground upon which it was constructed, it wasn't really suitable for for this particular type of structure. The builders perhaps did not take into consideration the fact that the ground in which they were attempting to create this magnificent building was really not suitable for a building of that magnitude. The solid underneath was unstable. And it could have been used to build a structure like it, but certain preparation needed to be done in order for it to then become suitable. I'm not familiar with the techniques Uh, what techniques were available back 
when they were first constructing the this bell tower, which that was the intended purpose of the of the leaning tower. But in but today we understand a little bit more about what's necessary to transform a space to become suitable for building. Now, if we think about this from a Masonic standpoint, what is the equivalent of this solid ground? You know, as we know in in Masonry, we compare our building of ourselves as individuals, how we grow in life. We compare this to the construction of a building. And we can think of the materials that are used for the construction of the building are compared to those elements that become part of us, like education and uh, a spiritual upbringing, um, family life. There are a lot of elements that that contribute. So all of them are building blocks that make us a more complete individual and a more beautiful edifice. So if we think about the, the, the ground foundation, is is that foundation upon which we are going to build our temple. So let's have an example of an individual, you know, a man that comes into the lodge to petition to receive the symbolic degrees of Freemasonry. It is important that we as Masons do our due diligence to make sure that this is an individual that has the right foundation, just like an architect would find uh, someone to scout the area in which they're thinking of constructing a new building to make sure that it's the proper kind of soil and the there's enough you know that there's a bedrock for example or what has to happen in order for that ground to be suitable for construction the same thing applies in in freemasonry if this individual that knocks on the door to petition to become a member of the fraternity we need to make sure that he is suitable or that he is a proper candidate for the to receive the degrees of freemasonry or to gain admission into into our our family this doesn't mean that someone that gets that whose petition gets denied initially that does not necessarily mean that they are completely uh incapable of ever being masons Sometimes the case is that they are perhaps not mature enough or that they're not serious enough or that it is it's not their approach to the fraternity perhaps is not a genuine one or there are doubts about what's what's motivating the individual to petition to to become a member. So once we do as a fraternity our due diligence and we do all, we take all the steps necessary. We appoint the right people to be part of the petition committee. And we have the right educated people as part of the investigative committee. And that we're not just taking steps to push people through to increase our membership or to increase the financial stability of the lodge. That that should not be the, the case. We need to be responsible and recognize that the people that are admitted into the fraternity, they're going to be our brothers forever. And they need to have the right 
foundation in order to be good contributors to the fraternity. If the if the builders of the Tower of Pisa knew ahead of time that the soil, that the ground beneath was unsuitable for building, and they still went ahead with the construction, then it was irresponsible from their part to allow the progress to continue. The same applies to us. If we see that the person that's petitioning to be part of the of the fraternity is unsuitable or is not the right type of person to, to join the fraternity or has a little more room for improvement, and don't get me wrong, we do not join Freemasonry as perfect men. That's not the case. We join because we are good men and we are seeking uh, truths that are going to make us or help us achieve a more enlightened self. But we don't arrive at the fraternity being perfect. But there are steps that we take throughout our life before petitioning that make us a more suitable foundation upon which we can build a temple that should last forever. Now, if we go back and think of the of the consequences of the decisions made during the construction of that tower, we can think of of one one factor. Was there a belief that it could hold that type of structure? Or was the thought process more like trying to justify, okay, we can build it, it's gonna be a long time before anything happens, or if it gives, you know, if the soil gives away, it's not gonna be so fast. If that were the case, then these people that constructed the tower are directly responsible for everything that happens from that point on with the construction of the tower. So think, this building, although today we admire it, we think it's a beautiful structure, it has an incredible story of, of resilience and tenacity and problem solving. It's a marvel of engineering. Not, the, not necessarily the construction of it, but the prevention of the destruction of that tower is a marvel of engineering. But when we are dealing with constructing ourselves as better men, that shouldn't be the mindset. The mindset needs to be that we want to take steps and the necessary steps to make sure that our foundation is solid, that we can continue to contribute to the construction of our temple. When I refer to the temple, I'm referring to ourselves as a more enlightened individual. When we, when we have that mentality that we want to become better and better and better and better, we might ultimately become great men. And, and leave a mark in history and contribute significantly to the progress of humanity or contribute to our, our community or really leave a legacy for our family. That's what's at stake here. And this tower, as beautiful as it is, it has become somewhat of a burden to the generations that, that received it. And... Why do I say a burden? Because it's it's an unnecessary, many unnecessary steps have to be taken. The amount of time, manpower, resources that have 
have been allocated to preventing a disaster in that structure would never have happened it would they would never have happened so the engineering effort that has gone into preventing the collapse of that tower could have gone into building other structures for future generations now if we if we jump back to the allegory of comparing that to the admission of a new person into the fraternity we think that if we admit someone that is not ready to be part of of the order then perhaps what we are doing is we are opening the door for unnecessary efforts from our current resources in order to maintain something that should have been maintained by itself so how how do we prevent admitting people that don't have a solid foundation well we make sure that that they have the things that make a man a good candidate to become a mason and we are familiar with many of them but in the in the daily process of dealing with the business of the lodge we might get wrapped up in a mentality that we need to get things done let's just get through this let's just get it over with but my friend this is crucial that we make sure that the people that are petitioning and being given access to our fraternity are people that are going to value it that are going to treat it with respect that they're going to that they have initially an attitude of of appreciation and that they are good candidates to perpetuate this forward movement that freemasonry has had for centuries the knowledge that is passed from one man to another to aid him in the perfection of his rough ashlar that's a lifestyle that's a way of living so let's make sure that when we hear that knock on the door of someone wanting to receive light that we are not just passing them through just because we need more members we need to fill chairs or anything like that it has to be for the right person the right purpose that man needs to be a good candidate he needs to display the qualities of a of a solid foundation upon which we can contribute the new materials that are going to build a more perfect temple so this leads us to the next segment of the program which is fulfilling that promise that I mentioned last week about speaking a little bit about what is required to join the fraternity of freemasonry if you are listening to this program and you are not yet a mason but you have been interested in the fraternity for a while and you don't know where to start i have a few answers and i have a few tips for you in your pursuit to become a a freemason first as you've heard the the ideal individual to gain admittance to the to the craft needs to be an honorable man we are looking for men of quality that are going to contribute something to the order now if the intention to join freemasonry is just merely to try to gain some benefit from it that is not the proper 
attitude. That is not the correct way to approach the order. Think of what you've learned about the fraternity and how it can help you. Yes, but that's the same way in which you can help others. So there has to be a disposition to help in order to be a successful Mason uh, in the future. So in addition to be an honorable man, it has to be a man of, of lawful age. It has to be a man, and this varies from, from one state to another, from country to country. In the United States, usually it's either 18 years old or 21 years old in order to find the correct answer, for which there can be many many different answers, uh, you have to find the lodge or, or the Grand Lodge within your state or within your region and inquire with them. I will be making available some tools on the website, thewindingstairs.com, where you can find your local lodge, uh, but that's coming up uh, very soon. By the time you listen to this program, it's probably going to be live, so um, I, I'm going to make it a, a main topic on the of the menu bar. To become a Mason, a man also needs to be well-recommended. And what does this mean? Well, yes, you would have to provide some references of people that, are, that also agree with you that you are an honorable man, that you are desirous of growth, that you are a person that can help the community with whatever you have to contribute. And in addition to to some references, just to verify the to verify your your character, Masons have to endorse you. So you will also need to have some people within the fraternity to to vouch for you and say, "Oh yes, he seems to be uh, a man, an upright man of good character with great disposition." Now. If you don't know any Freemasons, don't be disappointed. When I joined the fraternity, I knew Freemasons, very few, but I was very distant from them. I couldn't go and approach them and ask them to vouch for me or anything of the sort. So, you don't know any Freemasons. How did you get to know a Mason? There's a very popular slogan that says, to be one, ask one. Meaning, if you want to be a, a Mason, you have to ask a Mason. How You get to know these once you get a hold of your local lodge. You find a lodge that's conveniently located near you or near your, your workplace, and you approach them inquiring about becoming a Freemason. You express to them your desire to learn more about the fraternity and... Petitioning doesn't guarantee admittance. There is a process that that goes on in which we ascertain that you are a man that has the qualities that, that make a good Mason. You don't have to be perfect because none of us were when we joined the fraternity. We joined the fraternity as honorable, good man, really trying to become better. So, you get to reach out to the to the local lodge perhaps you schedule an appointment to come and visit and sit with them ask questions answer questions that may may be necessary and 
you start to to get to know these these men and they start to get to know you you'll get a better feel as to um whether or not this is a good fit for you one of the most important requirements to become a mason is that you have a belief in god we don't pass judgment as to what religion you subscribe to what are your specific uh, religious views that is not that is not important to us but you must recognize that there is one true and living god we're not going to ask you by what name you you call your god but you must believe in God in order to be a Freemason. Also, as I mentioned, there has to be a, a, an innate desire to better yourself. And this is a desire or a, a trait that I consider to be incredibly valuable. Because as you are passionate about improving yourself in whatever aspect of your life, people can see that. And it becomes contagious. It is, it's a great quality to have because you become fertile ground upon which ideas can be, can be placed. When a seed falls in it, a seed of knowledge, a seed of wisdom, it is fertile ground in which it can produce roots and grow strong. And similar to the cycle, the life cycle of a, of a plant, eventually it bears fruit and that fruit allows it to multiply and spread so that's the idea behind freemasonry there are some tenets that are very important to the fraternity there are very important things that that we teach which we have learned from generations past and this is knowledge that has been passed to us it has been entrusted to us not for it to end in us but for it to be perpetuated that's the that's the thing that i find very beautiful about freemasonry is that there's we encourage fellowship and that interaction between one man and another to get to know each other to get to share ideas inspire each other to become better help each other in moments of needs and and get involved in charitable endeavors all of those things are beautiful but they don't end with you once you become a Freemason, ideally, you you study that which has been entrusted to us and you have the willingness to spend time with another man that's desirous of light and help them grow and help them develop and help them become contributors to the eternal progress of humanity. Finally, and this is... This is something that I that I encourage you to to keep in mind as you go through the process of of becoming a Freemason. And if you're still listening and you are a Mason already, I just hope that you're able to share this with someone who perhaps has expressed interest in, in joining the fraternity or use it almost as a refresher of those things that that are important. These things should be still existent and evolving in you. That you continue to improve yourself and be an even more honorable man today.
the lawful age. Of course, you've you've gotten a little bit older, perhaps, since you first became a Mason. I know I certainly have. I haven't stopped aging as much as I try. I keep on aging. But with age comes knowledge, and it comes wisdom, and, and comes an even stronger desire to help the new generations that are coming behind us. As we bring this program to a close, I want to thank you for listening to the program. I want to also thank everybody that has contributed to the conversation on the website, thewindingstairs.com, where I include show notes. I invite you to go over there where you can read the information that was discussed in the episode. You can find additional information. For example, on this episode, I have included some images of a painting that I created that illustrates the building of a foundation. This is an oil painting that I created for Winter Park Lodge in Florida. And it's on display there. So if you are in the area, I invite you to stop by and visit so you can see it in person. But it has numerous symbols and it will be interesting for you to look at it and come up with your own interpretation of what elements you see in that painting. I would love to hear your interpretation, but if you also want to read more detailed information about it, I have included many details of the of the symbols on the marketplace section of the website. The title of the painting is Strong Foundation, and in the details of the of the image, you can see a description that I wrote about the intention for creating the painting along with several symbolisms. Of course, I did not include all the symbols that are depicted on the painting. So it's uh, almost like a scavenger hunt. So when you go take a look at it, you'll find many elements. And I'll give you a hint. Count how many pieces of broken stone or chips that are removed from the ashlar that's being picked up you'll find it significant. Also, I want to thank everybody who's commented on facebook.com forward slash Masonic Fundraiser, where we always keep a lively conversation. And if you have an opportunity, please visit thewindingstairs.com and answer the question of the week, which is, what is the most important thing a man can do to establish a solid foundation upon which to build the rest of his life. You can also write to us at feedback at thewindingstairs.com or find us on Twitter at windingstairs33. Thank you again for listening and please join me again next week as we continue our journey up the winding stairs. Thank you.